Welcome to episode 47 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we'll talk all about how a speeding ticket and out-of-control arrogance by a Montana legislator turns into obstruction of justice. Let's join our host, Tammy Fisher. Well, we're back, kids, with more of the same. Politicians who wear the Republican brand just keep violating the Republican platform. You know, the parts that talk about respect for rule of law and supporting law enforcement. The big parts. The parts that draw law enforcement and many Montanans to the party. And when a politician brings shame to the Republican brand, the Montana GOP continues to sit on its hands and do nothing about it. Even when legislators who are in leadership positions within the party and in the legislature make complete asses of themselves and make complete asses of the party they are supposed to represent. The latest Montana GOP elected official to violate the back the blue portion of the Republican platform is none other than Jason Ellsworth of Hamilton. This guy was elected in 2019 and has already ascended to leadership despite his lack of character and integrity. And man, that ego boost sure has landed him in hot water. Here's what happened, according to the excellent reporting by Mara Silvers at the Montana Free Press and Aaron Kimball Senate at the Daily Montanan. Senate President Pro Tempore Jason Ellsworth was charged with three misdemeanors resulting from a May traffic stop. A state trooper clocked Ellsworth's vehicle traveling 86 miles per hour in a 55-mile-per-hour zone around 10.20 p.m. So at 10 o'clock at night, going 30 miles per hour over the speed limit in a construction zone. When pulled over, Ellsworth identified himself as a lawmaker and said he had stayed the night in Bozeman and was driving to Helena for a legislative meeting the next day. So what does being a legislator have anything to do with speeding at 10 o'clock at night? Absolutely nothing. But Ellsworth thinks that being a legislator means something. He's a big shot. So he made sure the highway patrol woman was well aware that he, Jason Ellsworth, is a big shot. Someone to reckon with, I reckon. But a speeding ticket is just a speeding ticket. No big deal. We all get them. In fact, I've been known to have a lead foot myself. But did Ellsworth just take the ticket like all of us do and go on his merry way? Nope. No, he did what anyone who has zero respect for law enforcement does. He throws his weight around and threatens the cop with the power of the attorney general's office and the power of her boss, who is the head of the highway patrol. And here's how it went. On Sunday, May 23rd, 2021, Montana Highway Patrol Trooper Mackenzie Gifford was conducting a uniformed patrol shift in Broadwater County. She established a stationary patrol point at a highway construction zone on Highway 12-287, where the marked speed limit is 55 miles per hour. At around 10.20 p.m., Trooper Gifford observed a vehicle approaching from the rear at a high rate of speed. Trooper Gifford activated her radar, which emitted a high-pitched tone and displayed a speed of 88 miles per hour. The officer locked in the vehicle's speed at 86 miles per hour. Trooper Gifford initiated a traffic stop on the vehicle, which bore a dealer's license plate. She made contact with the driver, an adult male identified as Jason Wendell Ellsworth. Trooper Gifford informed Mr. Ellsworth of his speed and asked why he was in such a hurry. Mr. Ellsworth stated he was headed to a legislative session in the morning. 
Mr. Ellsworth showed his legislative identification card to the officer. The vehicle did not have a registration because it was a dealer vehicle. Trooper Gifford requested to open the door and photograph the vehicle's identification tag to check its VIN number. Trooper Gifford asked Mr. Ellsworth why he was traveling to Helena on this road as he was from Hamilton. Mr. Ellsworth stated he had spent the night in Bozeman and was coming from that direction. The VIN number did not match any vehicle in the database, so Highway Patrol Dispatch ran a multi-state check on the VIN. Due to the officer's uncertainty over applicable law affecting a legislator's exemption from arrest, the officer decided to issue a warning for the speed. As she was printing out the warning, the officer observed Mr. Ellsworth get out of his vehicle and walk toward her. Trooper Gifford immediately opened her door and addressed Ellsworth. There's no reason for you to get out of your car, she said. Ellsworth continued to walk toward the officer with an object in his hand, and he was mumbling something that could not be understood. The following conversation occurred as Ellsworth stood next to the highway patrol vehicle at the front left pillar while Trooper Gifford stood at the pillar between the front and rear seats. Gifford said, Okay, you need to get back to your car. And Ellsworth said, And? Gifford, I'm not talking to you. You need to get back to your car. Ellsworth, you need to release me. Gifford, I'm not arresting you. So this is a traffic stop. You need to go back to your car. Ellsworth, this is the Montana Constitution, indicating his phone in his hand. Gifford, you are also saying you are going in the middle of the night to a session that starts in the morning. Ellsworth, that's right. Gifford, okay. Ellsworth, to and from. Gifford, step back now. Ellsworth, to and from the session. Gifford, go back to your car now. Ellsworth, if you want me to call the Attorney General, Gifford, go ahead and call him. Back to your car now. Ellsworth, I would be happy to. I suggest you call your boss. Gifford, go back to your car now. Ellsworth turned and began walking back toward his vehicle. When he got halfway there, he turned and held up his legislative ID, and he could be heard saying, quote, the legislature, end quote. Trooper Gifford said one more time, go back to your car. Trooper Gifford notified dispatch of the incident and then subsequently informed the Broadwater County attorney and MHP Sergeant Brandon Moore, who was also on duty at the time. Ellsworth was apparently referring to the Montana Constitution, Article 5, Section 8, which states in part, quote, a member of the legislature is privileged from arrest during attendance at sessions of the legislature and in going to and returning Therefrom, unless apprehended in the commission of a felony or a breach of the peace, end quote. Further investigation revealed that Ellsworth is a Montana state senator and is a member of the Legislative Council. The Legislative Council was scheduled for a meeting to begin on Monday, May 24th at 8.30 a.m. in Helena. The traffic stop was located less than 30 minutes from Helena and occurred approximately 10 hours prior to the beginning of the legislative meeting. Trooper Gifford did not arrest Ellsworth and did not interfere in his ability to arrive on time for his meeting. Trooper Gifford learned that on January 25, 2021, Mr. Ellsworth had been stopped on Interstate 95 near Helena by Highway Patrol Trooper Thomas Cruz. The stop occurred at 8.20 a.m. The call notes indicate Mr. Ellsworth showed his legislative ID to the officer and stated he was late for a meeting with the governor. 
the officer released Mr. Ellsworth without issuing a ticket. So this genius, Jason Ellsworth, waltzed right into being charged with reckless driving or in the alternative speeding in a construction zone and also obstructing a police officer as he refused to comply with repeated orders to return to his vehicle. Sounds like solid, principled Republican leadership, right? So what happens when the attorney general finds out that his name was thrown about as someone who would make the highway patrol woman leave poor Ellsworth alone and respect his make-believe authority? To his credit, Austin Knutson stayed out of it and supported law enforcement. That had to be a kick in the nuts to Ellsworth. Not the big boy you think you are, huh, Jason? But then, of course, when contacted by the press... Ellsworth slinks away like the snake he is and makes communications director for the Senate majority at the Montana legislature speak for him. Now, I'm not sure if this communications position is Montana taxpayer funded, but sure seems odd that Ellsworth would solicit the help of the Senate majority's comms director for his personal plight. That doesn't seem like the role designated to the comms director for the Senate majority. Can that comms director speak on behalf of any Republican in the Senate upon that senator's request on matters having nothing to do with public policy or politics, but instead with personal criminal failures? And the comms director clearly knew that in order to try to salvage Ellsworth from himself, he had to polish the turd the best way he could. But the cover-up is always worse than the crime. Quote, He was in a hurry to get to town and get some rest before running errands and participating in legislative business the next day, said spokesman Kyle Schmauk. Senator Ellsworth respects and appreciates that the trooper and the county attorney are public servants who are doing their jobs with this traffic citation. Ellsworth attempted to call the trooper the day after he was pulled over to apologize if he came across as unprofessional, which was not his intent, end quote. Yeah, so after he knew he was in hot water and had the backing of no one, then he calls and says, gosh, if I was unprofessional, I'm sorry about that. This is what every criminal does, by the way, when they know they've screwed up and are in hot water. And here's the other thing. I mean, Kyle did a nice job trying to polish this turd. But when he says that this was just a traffic citation, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a traffic citation because he was charged with obstructing a police officer. That's not a traffic citation. That is rarely involved in traffic incidents. You're rarely charged with obstructing a police officer. And these are not citations. This was actually a criminal complaint filed by the county attorney. So that's how serious this is, because most of traffic citations are taken care of on the scene. Highway Patrol gives you the citation. Sometimes you can pay it there. Sometimes you can't. You forfeit bond. Whatever. The county attorney is rarely involved in that unless you want to go to trial. But if it takes the county attorney to actually file a written complaint over misdemeanors, that means it's pretty serious. That means it's something to reckon with. So Kyle did a nice job trying to make lemonade out of a lemon, but the statement can't retract Ellsworth's video and audio tape transgressions. The fact that he tried to bully a cop, the fact that he placed the cop in a defensive position, which no member of the public should ever do. The fact that he is not even the minimum understanding of the content of our state constitution and that it does not give free passes to legislators. The fact that he has zero respect for cops when confronted with his own failures. The fact that he thinks he is entitled to be saved from his own failures by the head of the highway patrol and the attorney general. 
The fact that he thinks he can still represent his constituents despite his clear ethical and legal failures and despite the fact that he couldn't give one wit about the rule of law, backing the blue, and behaving in a manner becoming of a state senator. So where does the arrogance and willful disobedience come from? Well, Ellsworth's history starts to tell the tale. Let's hear who Jason Ellsworth is straight from the horse's mouth. No offense to horses. Mr. Ellsworth's website, jasonformontana.com, informs us, quote, I'm a resident of Hamilton and local business owner of Bitterroot Gun Garage and Countrywide Periodicals. What being an elected representative means to me. I am not a politician. If given the opportunity, I will be a representative. Too often we see politicians representing special interests, their own interests, their friends' interests, and the interests of associates are put ahead of the interests of the community they represent. We need accountability in government, and the best way to hold our elected officials accountable is in the polls. I'm providing this information as a start for all to know a little bit about me and where I stand on the issues. Although, if I am elected, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I believe. What matters is the 20,000 people in the District 43. That is how I will conduct myself while I'm in office. I'll be a representative. That's what I expect as a citizen, and that's what you can expect of me when I'm in office. I know in my heart we can make a difference as long as we work together and really do the things the way they were intended to be done. That's precisely what I'm going to do, end quote. So we know that he's completely full of shit in his own statements because when he says it doesn't matter what he believes, what matters is what the 20,000 people in District 43 believe, well, that's a hard Republican district. And I would guess that those 20,000 people believe that you should back the blue and honor rule of law. And in particular, when he says we can make a difference as long as we work together, well, he sure shit wasn't working together with law enforcement that day when he decided to bully and confront her. So Mr. Ellsworth spends a lot of time talking about government overregulation on his website. And as conservatives, Mickey and I are also concerned with heavy-handed government influence. But Jason's concerns seem to stem from a not-so-squeaky-clean past. You see, Jason Ellsworth has owned a number of magazine subscription companies, including one named U.S. Magazine Services. And the Federal Trade Commission, through its joint law enforcement operation called Telephony, cracked down on Ellsworth and his shady business practices in 2008. They sued him, both through his business and personally. In an action called Federal Trade Commission versus Your Magazine Provider, Inc., a corporation also doing business as periodicals and U.S. magazine services, and Jason W. Ellsworth personally. Here's what Ellsworth was alleged to be doing to Montana consumers and consumers nationwide. Quote, In telemarketing calls to sell magazine subscriptions, Ellsworth and his staff misled consumers about the monthly charges for the subscriptions. While the actual price is sometimes disclosed in a later call after billing information is provided, some consumers only learned what they were charged or what they were charged at all after checking their credit card bill or debit account balance. Consumers who tried to cancel the subscriptions after providing billing information and then learning about the monthly charges, we're told that no cancellations were allowed, end quote. So his stellar business practices that he promotes as qualifying him for elected office include allegedly taking advantage of consumers and violating federal law. 
Now, Ellsworth will tell you that he settled with the FTC and didn't admit fault, but the settlement agreement makes clear that Ellsworth was in no way vindicated. He agreed to pay a $600,000 fine and granted a lien on his property to the government to secure payment of the fine. He also agreed, quote, that the facts are alleged in the complaint filed in this action shall be taken as true without further proof and further stipulate and agree that the facts alleged in the complaint establish all elements necessary, end quote. Finally, he was ordered and agreed to destroy all of his customer information so that he could never use it again. Indeed, the feds were so concerned about Ellsworth's shady practices that they mandated how he disposed of customer information. Quote, Disposal shall be by means that protect against unauthorized access to the customer information such as burning, pulverizing, or shredding any papers, and by erasing or destroying any electronic media to ensure that the customer information cannot practicably be read or reconstructed, end quote. I don't know, folks. That sure sounds to me like he admitted essentially to all of the damning facts that the feds laid out in their complaint. And those facts were that he took advantage of his customers by deception, Montana consumers, out-of-state consumers, for personal gain. The FTC news release on this case states, Quote, two telemarketing operations targeted by the Federal Trade Commission as part of a major law enforcement sweep last year must stop the deceptive tactics they allegedly used to trick consumers into buying overpriced magazine subscriptions and worthless medical discount plans and must pay a total of $2.06 million in consumer redress. The FTC filed the two cases in 2008 as part of, quote, Operation Telephony, end quote, the largest telemarketing fraud sweep ever coordinated by the agency. With today's announcement of a settlement in one case and a court order in the other, 11 of the 13 telephony cases have been resolved to the benefit of consumers. In the magazine telemarketing case, the FTC charged the U.S. Magazine Services and its principal, Jason Ellsworth, misled consumers by understating the monthly charges for its subscriptions. Although the actual monthly charge was disclosed in a later call, often after the consumers provided their billing information, some consumers learned of the charge only after checking their credit card bill or debit account balance. Consumers who subsequently tried to cancel the subscriptions were told that no cancellations were allowed. In addition, the defendants violated the FTC's telemarketing sales rule by failing to disclose important terms during their sales pitches. The settlement order resolving the commission's charge bars the defendants from making any further misrepresentations when marketing any product or service, charging consumers without their express informed consent, or violating the telemarketing sales rule. The order requires them to disclose important facts before consumers provide their billing information, including payment details, and refund and cancellation policies. It also includes a $600,000 judgment against the defendants to be paid over the next year, end quote. And this case was reported about when Ellsworth ran for the office he currently occupies. He said then that the settlement agreement said that he wasn't making any admissions, but conveniently left out the admission he made in the settlement agreement. Then, he chose not to comply with the terms of the settlement agreement that he agreed to and was held in contempt in 2014. 
He said he chose not to give up employee and customer information because he was just protecting their privacy. But that stated desire to protect consumer privacy was only relevant to two of the 12 allegations of contempt. And despite Ellsworth telling the press that the court seemed to be on his side in the litigation, when it came to contempt, the court clearly thought Ellsworth was full of shit. Quote, Ellsworth's representation that he has substantially complied with the FTC's discovery requests is not square with the facts presented by the parties. Ellsworth openly admits making a calculated decision to avoid production of certain documents. This admission is inconsistent with taking every reasonable effort to comply with the document requests and therefore defeats Ellsworth's defense of substantial compliance. Ellsworth's general privacy objections to complying with the commission's discovery requests are without merit. Disclosure of consumer and employee information to the government to facilitate investigation and monitoring of an organization's commercial activities does no harm to an individual's right to privacy. Furthermore, in effectuating its investigation of certain consumer protection laws, the commission is bound to protect the privacy and confidentiality of information collected. Consumer and employee data may be disclosed to the commission without doing harm to an individual privacy right. Ellsworth's specific objections to the FDC's discovery requests are without merit. The court finds clear and convincing evidence of Ellsworth's failure to fully comply and failure to disclose relevant information. Ellsworth's conduct is directly opposed to a specific and definite order of this court, as evidenced by his declaration that his noncompliance with the requests for production was a calculated decision, the court finds Ellsworth's conduct in violation of the order willful. Ellsworth has failed to take all the responsible steps within his power to guarantee compliance with the court's order. For this willful defiance of the court's order, defendant Jason W. Ellsworth is judged in civil contempt of this court. Within 10 days of the date of this order, Ellsworth must purge himself of contempt by complying. It is further ordered that a bench warrant for Ellsworth's apprehension will be issued if he fails to purge himself of the contempt within the time period specified, and Ellsworth will be committed to the custody of the Attorney General for incarceration until such time as Ellsworth shall purge himself of contempt, end quote. So once he was held in contempt, only five years after signing the settlement agreement, where he agreed to all of these terms, he finally gave up the goods because being held in contempt by a federal judge is generally a very uncomfortable position. That's a bad position to be in. And was this one case relevant to Jason Ellsworth's ability to serve the public? Was it, standing alone, a reflection of his character and integrity as a businessman? No, I don't think so. Because in a way, he's partially right. You can't really fight the government because they could keep pounding away at you and they have a blank check to pursue you with. And anyone can say anything in a complaint. And the government can, at times, gild the lily to make their allegations sound more salacious than the facts really are. So, no, we don't think one business-related lawsuit is determinant of a person's character and integrity. But in the context of his recent antics, well, it appears the FTC was spot on in their characterization of Jason Ellsworth. So was Judge Malloy. Jason Ellsworth violates the law for personal gain. So when Ellsworth has the gall to write a blog on his website about how he, quote, keeps elected officials in check based upon his own ethical and legal lapses. 
such a statement is laughable. He is the fox seeking to guard the henhouse, folks. If Ellsworth held elected officials, quote, in check, then he would have checked himself before he chose to speed in a construction zone, before he chose to flash a portion of our Constitution that in no way applies to his speeding violations, before he chose to threaten a law enforcement officer with the power of the attorney generals and the chief of highway patrol offices, and before he chose to get out of his vehicle and confront a law enforcement officer in her vehicle. Ellsworth cannot invoke the Montana Constitution as protection, as the legislative session ended long before the speeding occurred. He cannot hide behind his legislative position for protection from his own criminal violations. And he should not have misused the Senate Majority's communications director to speak for him. This matter had nothing to do with policy and Senate majority positions on political topics. It's his criminal actions personally. These aren't just traffic citations. Criminal actions personally. And it has nothing to do with Senate majority work. The only thing Ellsworth has highlighted for us, yet again, is the continued arrogance and entitlement of politicians in Montana who view adhering to the Republican platform and rule of law as discretionary and only to be done when convenient to them. And a silent Montana GOP continues to support criminal candidates for office, refusing to demand that failed elected officials be removed from leadership. Character and integrity used to be the hallmarks of public servants. Now criminal activities and ethical lapses seem to be the minimum qualifications for candidacy for office. So how can this happen? Because no one in leadership has the balls to say, no, not good enough for Montana. How many elected public servants have recent criminal backgrounds? How many Republican Public Service Commission members have stolen from the ratepayers for their own benefit? How many legislators have returned those historic chairs? that they illegally auctioned to themselves. Not one. The Montana GOP stands for nothing and falls for everything. Is it any wonder that Republicans who believe in principled leadership have either turned their back on the Montana GOP or worse, have been kicked out of the state party by criminals who have never read, much less implemented the Republican platform? We hope that the prosecutor throws the book at Ellsworth. And he should have to grovel at the feet of law enforcement officers that have had to deal with his arrogant, supremacist attitude and yet remain professional in all respects, honoring Montana, honoring their duty as public servants, and honoring their badges. Montana owes a debt of gratitude to Troopers Mackenzie Gifford, Thomas Cruz, Daniel Arnold, and to Sergeant Brandon Moore and Prosecutor Corey Swanson for doing the right thing, for holding criminals accountable and for serving the great state of Montana under stressful conditions with grace and professionalism. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider sponsoring the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com, locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. Find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your favorite Montana value? 
How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.